Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Ugly, ugly morning for John Gruden and the Raiders. Chris Carlin for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. As always, presented by Progressive Insurance and all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Bottom of the hour, 30 minutes from now to be exact. Buster Olney will join us on the actual impact of managers in the game and the very latest on the Yankees managerial situation in addition to all of the baseball playoffs. That in just a little bit, my friends. But we begin with John Gruden, who in case you missed the news where you've been last night, he resigned from the Raiders after more emails surfaced and were brought to the attention of the New York Times and Wall Street Journal and ESPN. And those emails uh, indicated and showed uh, Gruden's use of language that was not just uh, before, as it had been accused on Friday, racist in nature in making a comment or two, but also misogynistic and homophobic. So how did we get here? Adam Schefter, our ESPN NFL insider, It started on Friday when the Wall Street Journal reported on John Gruden's racial trope about the executive director of the NFLPA, Damara Smith, which was uncovered essentially during the emails of the NFL's investigation into workplace conduct with the Washington football team. Amazing how an investigation about the Washington football team led to the downfall of John Gruden, but it did. And it continued on over the weekend because the NFL said it was basically completely turned off to the idea of what John Gruden said, and it stood against everything the league strives for. I think the league was waiting for Mark Davis to take some sort of action that he publicly never did. There was a brief statement that he would handle it with John and it would stay private, but I don't think the league was very happy and pleased with what transpired. And there were more emails sent to Mark Davis on Friday that were equally offensive, but much more extensive. And I think that they waited to hear something from Mark Davis that didn't come. And when it didn't come, lo and behold, here comes the New York Times with seven years worth of emails that dated back to 2011, that went up to 2018, in which John Gruden used sexist, racist, and homophobic terms and emails he sent to the former Washington football team executive, Bruce Allen. Mark Davis drove to the facility, met with John Gruden. John Gruden resigned. And his resignation comes, ironically enough, during Monday Night Football. And look, with John Gruden, there was no question he had to go. And what's amazing to me is somehow he could know what was coming, which was clear. You heard just there that more emails were sent Friday to Mark Davis. And those emails apparently contained Gruden calling Commissioner Roger Goodell an unflattering and homophobic name, also referring to uh, all of the fact that all of the the, uh, concussion protocol rules that were put into place and how he was basically against all of that and making misogynistic comments and sending pictures back and forth and such. And yet somehow, after just the one email that came out last week and... John Gruden is trying to navigate his way through that and saying, no, no, that was not racist in nature. I don't have a racist bone in my body. But 
as it turns out, you at the very least have misogynistic bones in your body and you have homophobic bones in your body, which would lead me to believe that you have racist undertones there as well. The benefit of the doubt is long gone and John Gruden is long gone. I'm a little annoyed when you listen to that, that Mark Davis also thought, let's just see if we can get through this. How is it possible that at that point, when you have those emails and nothing is done, do you think you're going to get through it without them seeing the light of day? How is that possible? Because it would be pure speculation at this point to say that the league released the emails to the New York Times or whoever. Pure speculation. But there were just a few in 650,000 that were related to an investigation that the league did into Dan Snyder that got released. So you send them to Mark Davis in advance, you're basically saying you need to do something about this. And then Mark Davis said, eh, do I? Do I really need to do something about this? And he didn't. And so you got embarrassed into do something, doing something about it. I'm annoyed that it took that long. I'm annoyed that Mark Davis and John Gruden somehow thought they were going to be able to skate through this and still make it work. And I'm especially annoyed for the players. First of all, Gruden saying back in June this in relation to Carl Nassib coming out and being the first openly gay player in the National Football League. This was Gruden's statement at the time. What makes a man different is what makes him great. Oh, my God. Are we shocked that the sentiment publicly would be different than the sentiment privately? Of course not. But that's just a real middle finger, frankly, to... Home of, you know, to, to gay groups all over the country, to the LBGTQ community all across the country, and to one of your own players in Carl Nassib. It's exactly what that is. And then you had players out there defending you. Listen to Derek Carr the other day. I don't want to get into detail of what he said to us, but at the same time, when we left that meeting, we, we didn't take it as how it came out. You know what I'm saying? And so when it came out, we were, we were like, oh, dang. Now this, you know how it goes in media now, it's going to get blown up. And, you know, even if people don't know him, they're going to catch on to that. But, yeah, it was – I talked with Charles Davis. You know, he did our game, and he knows – you know, they were together for a long time, you know. And, and I told him – he said, when the article came out, were you shocked? I said, I was very shocked because he's never shown anything like that kind of um, characteristics at all. If you're Derek Carr today, if you're Josh Jacobs today, if you're one of the players that after the game Sunday defended your head coach, how do you feel? The first word that would come to mind would be foolish. Players do show the ability, as we talked to uh, Dan Graziano about earlier uh, last hour, that they can bounce back and turn their attention forward quickly. But I would feel pretty silly this morning if I had defended that guy. And this is what comes out about him. Chris Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. As always, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Visit Progressive.com. In just moments, 
We get the very latest boots on the ground in Las Vegas. Our ESPN NFL Nation reporter Paul Gutierrez will join us with the very latest on the Gruden situation next. Chris Carlin for Greeny, ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Greeny, the podcast. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply john Gruden out as las vegas raiders head coach mark davis arrived at the raiders facility asked to meet with john gruden and john gruden is out in a development that i think everybody could see coming from the moment the new york times reported on those additional emails not hard to see it coming at all in five minutes the nets make a major major statement regarding kyrie irving and his ability to play for them this season, that right around the corner. Chris Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. My family is protected. Is yours? Well, life insurance cannot wait. I'd like you to take a minute, get a free quote from Select Quote. They've been helping people get a policy to fit their exact needs at the best price for over 35 years. Go to SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Right now, we head to Vegas. It is Paul Gutierrez, ESPN NFL Nation, who joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Paul, Chris Carlin in for Greeny. First of all, last night, the news coming down that John Gruden was stepping aside as Raiders head coach. What has been the reaction so far in Raiders Nation? Yeah, from the, from the team's perspective, thanks for having me, number one. But from the team perspective, I mean, it's been all, they've circled the wagons. Nobody's really responding to, to texts, calls, messages, anything like that. They've put out their statements, but I, I was told that it was a very emotional meeting uh, between John Gruden and Mark Davis when he uh, tendered his resignation last night. And, and you kind of go from there. When you, when you think about it, how, how close, how tight uh, those two guys are, and how long it took Mark Davis to 
to convince John Gruden to come out of the Monday Night Football booth to come back and coach the Raiders. Um, you know, Mark told me at one time it was a seven-year dance. So to have this all just so abruptly come to an end, and, and for reasons that we all know, um, it was. It, it was a tough situation there. So now they, they have a player's day off today, um, and then they'll resume activities on Wednesday and try and play football on Sunday. So it's uh, a whirlwind of a week because, you know, it was only, what, eight days ago when this team was 3-0 and riding high going into Monday Night Football. Paul, it's hard to believe that somehow um, when Mark Davis got even more emails Friday from the league showing exactly everything that Gruden had said in these notes that they felt like they could navigate their way through this, exactly from what you can gather, what was the thought process through all of this as it was unfolding? Yeah, well, that, that's the interesting thing is that I, I haven't been able to, to discern whether or not the emails that the New York Times released yesterday, which as you read them, it, it really puts a knot in your stomach, right? All the, the anti-gay, the, the misogynistic, the, the other messages that were out there. I'm not sure that those are the exact emails that the Raiders were given on Friday. Mm. So is it the same bunch? Is it a different bunch? If it's the same bunch, then, then yeah, you do kind of look at the Raiders and think, okay, what were you guys thinking? Um, if you know this is going to come out, number one, but number probably even before that is uh, you saw this and you still allowed him to coach on Sunday without, you know, having him take a leave or suspending him or, or whatever, instead of making it look like you were just trying to wait this thing out. Um, I'm not sure which emails they saw. I'm not sure they saw these ones on, uh, that were released yesterday on Friday. And again, those will be questions that'll be asked and hopefully answered as, as this continues down the road. I'm very curious. We're talking to Paul Gutierrez, covers the Raiders for ESPN NFL Nation, as to what Carl Nassib's response is going to be. And I'm sure that his, uh, you know, he'll be the guy most in demand tomorrow when they return to practice. When you read a statement about what Gruden said back in June when he came out, what makes a man different is what makes him great in seemingly supporting yeah. him. And then all of this kind of stuff comes out. I'm just wondering, having covered Nassib at this point, how, what do you expect his reaction to be? Oh, I'm sure, you know, I, I don't know Carl on a personal level, and this is, you know, one of the, the perils, really, I guess, of covering a team during COVID. Uh, we don't have access to the locker room. So anytime we really get to talk to a guy, they bring him to a podium, and it's in a very controlled environment. And so they, they command the conversation, and you can't really get a sense of somebody. And, and you know, you can try and get one-on-ones on the phone or what have you, and and Carl, ever since he made his announcement and came out in the summer, he's he's made that he's kept that to a minimum. I believe he's only spoken at the podium once, if not twice. So, I, again, just being a human being, I would assume that he's hurt uh, seeing that. But but he has a well, you know, much more of a relationship with John Gruden than than any of us that are sitting on the outside opining on it, right? So, what what's his reaction going to be? Again, that would be a question for him. The same way that. After the game on Sunday, you know, you wanted to ask the black players on the on the Raiders roster, really, guys that had a history with him in particular, what their thoughts were after the initial email came out with the, the racial insult of DeMora Smith. So, um, again, just strange times because we don't really have access to the guys. You, you try and reach out and you try and get it, but it's a very, very touchy subject and, and emotional as well. Paul, appreciate the time. Thanks for a few minutes. Keep us updated. Absolutely. Thank you.
Paul Gutierrez, ESPN NFL Nation, covering the Raiders. Seth Small made a 28-yard field goal as time expired Saturday to give unranked Texas A&M the upset over number one Alabama in College Station. College Football's Play of the Month brought to you by Dr. Pepper. College football is heating up and the fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Chris Carlin for Greeny today. How about this? Just in the last few minutes, a statement released by Brooklyn Nets general manager Sean Marks in relation to Kyrie Irving. Quote, given the evolving nature of the situation and after thorough deliberation, we have decided Kyrie Irving will not play or practice with the team until he is eligible to be a full participant. Kyrie has made a personal choice, and we respect his individual right to choose. Currently, the choice restricts his ability to be a full-time member of the team, and we will not permit any member of our team to participate with part-time availability. It is imperative that we continue to build chemistry as a team and remain true to our long-established values of togetherness and sacrifice. Our championship goals for the season have not changed, and to achieve those these goals, a member of our organization, all members of our organization, must pull in the same direction. We are excited for the start of the season and look forward to a successful campaign that will make the borough of Brooklyn proud. End quote. Wow. So Kyrie Irving, according to Sean Marks, is not going to play for the Nets until he gets vaccinated. That is exactly what that statement says, and it tells you two things. Number one, the Nets finally decided we don't want to play around with this anymore. We're tired of having to do everything that we do based around what Kyrie Irving's decisions are see last year and everything that happened during the year, and now his decision here is affecting our chances at winning a championship. And not allowing him to play as a part-time player is the right move in every single way by Brooklyn. A great job by Sean Marks and company. And secondly, and more importantly, what it tells you is Kevin Durant's on board. The Nets do not release that statement without Kevin Durant knowing full well exactly what was going to be said. James Harden as well, but specifically Durant. Because Durant is the one that is Kyrie Irving's buddy and has fought hard for him in the past and wanted to come here and play with him. But even Durant understands at this point, this is going to cost him a chance at winning a championship, so you may as well force his hand. Great stuff by the Nets organization had to be done. If you missed any of the show, Greedy, you can always find both hours of the show posted daily as a podcast available wherever you listen to podcasts. Jam-packed today. So much going on. Next, exactly where are the Yankees headed for their manager? And did the Red Sox prove last night that managers are important? Buster only in moments. Chris Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Greeny, the podcast. 
Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. delivers with a sacrifice fly here in the ninth inning and the Boston Red Sox have knocked the Tampa Bay Rays out of the playoffs and the Red Sox are going to the American League Championship Series. Heavy underdogs yet they advance. It's Greeny coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. Chris Carlin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. And all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline, including the Baseball Tonight podcast, Buster Olney, who joins us on that Goodyear hotline with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear more driven. Buster, appreciate a few minutes. And I guess the first thing that came to my mind last night was, Maybe managers do actually matter in Major League Baseball, huh? Oh, my goodness. They absolutely do. You know, I always thought Alex Cora is one of the best managers since he uh, became one in 2018. And I'm thinking, I was thinking back last night to those few days when it looked like the Red Sox were hesitating on whether or not to hire him. If you remember, uh, they were deciding between Sam Fold and Alex Cora. I thought it was insane. Because you knew that Alex, you know, first off, he was so familiar with Boston. He knows the Boston media. He's a big market manager. Uh, but also he had the great connection with the players. And Ron Renneke, uh, who filled in for him for a year, once told me, he said, Alex has a special way of connecting with players. You can see it during the course of games. And I'll just give you a little insight into his competitiveness. You know, I, you know, from time to time, you'll text someone you know in the industry, and I work with Alex at EXPN. Uh, when they're going through a difficult time. And so I remember texting him when Chris Sale tested positive for COVID and say, you know, hang in there. And the answer I got back was, we'll be fine. And then, (laughs) and I could tell it was that competitive, we'll be fine, don't worry about us, I don't want your pity. And then, you know, five minutes later, it's like, oh, by the way, thanks for the sentiment. You know, (laughs) that's Alex. He's really, really underrated in how competitive he is and obviously connects with players super smart it it ties into the next question regarding the Yankees and Aaron Boone I'll get to that in a sec but is there more of a freedom that is afforded to a guy like Alex Cora not just because he won a World Series but because he does connect with the players and command their respect the way he does does he have more power than the average than the average manager does right now and it's a great question because in this era, managers don't have the power they did under Billy Martin, um, you know, under, uh, you know, when Earl Weaver was the manager. He, they just, you know, the managers back then, they were the field generals. They were the most important person in the organization. And now that's no longer the case. It's top down. 
Look, I, I think that, uh, you know, Alex probably has more flexibility in part because of his connection with the players. For example, I think the reason why Kike Hernandez is on the Red Sox is because of his relationship with Alex, right? Uh, played for him on uh, Team Puerto Rico in the WBC, uh, someone that Alex targeted because of his experience in winning. I don't know if all managers have that sort of input when it comes to signing players. Buster only joining us right now, ESPN, MLB Insider, and of course, the Baseball Tonight podcast, which if you're not listening every day, you need to get all of your baseball information right there. It is a tremendous podcast out early every morning. He's with us on the Goodyear Hotline. All right, you reported last night that Hal Steinbrenner, or maybe it was this morning, Hal Steinbrenner's inclination at this point is to keep Aaron Boone as Yankees manager. First of all, Buster, why has this taken six days? In part, uh, I think because of the ongoing playoffs, right? Uh, you've got the dictum that comes down the, from the commissioner's office. Look, no major announcements on days when there are games. So that might be part of the reason why this is delayed. And also, I think Hal is, is mulling it over. Uh, I don't know if he's directly talked to Aaron Boone. Um, I, I know that there have obviously been ongoing conversations within the Yankees organization. And the signals that I'm getting from you know inside the organization and outside the organization is, Look, you know, he, he likes – Hal Steinbrenner likes Aaron Boone. Uh, he doesn't blame him for what happened this year. We heard Hal in the middle of the season come out and basically put the onus on the, show, on the shoulders of the players, um, saying, look, you know, these guys have underperformed. And I think that generally is the view uh, within the organization. But as you know, <laughs> social media, talk radio, there's a different view. You know, that Aaron is, uh, you know, gets more criticism in that vein. My question is, I think there's been this broad assumption that this is just a one-way street. The Yankees decide whether or not they want to bring uh, Aaron back as manager, and then he says, yes, sir, can I have another? I don't think that's necessarily the case. Remember, his contract is set to expire uh, right after the World Series, and in this day and age uh, in the industry, there's so few attractive managerial candidates with experience that, you know, if you're Aaron Boone, and let's say the Yankees say – you know what, we'll give you one more year and we're going to take some coaches off your staff. I don't know exactly what the response to that would be. Um, you know, for example, and as I reported today, San Diego Padres, is, as they're doing their loose feel for where the managerial market is and in, in, uh, looking to replace Jace Tingler, um, Aaron Boone's name has come up and they've wondered, okay, is he going to be cut free by the Yankees? Are we going to make a move on him? Um, and in, in just a, a few weeks, uh, Aaron will be in position where he can explore, you know, opportunities like that. He may well just uh, bet on himself if the Yankees offered him in a year and say, yeah, heck yeah, I'll do that. And then we'll come back in, in Aaron's mind and, and win next year. And then I'll be a free agent after 2022. So there's a lot. Um, this is a, you know, fluid situation. There's a lot that needs to be determined. And just to follow up on the Padres thought, Buster, if he went to San Diego, you could argue there's not that much difference in their current chances of winning a championship than the Yankees. Is that fair to say? I would disagree with you in this. If you're talking about the current rosters, I think, yeah, there's a lot of questions in both. But there is a broad expectation within the industry that the Yankees, after getting their payroll under $210 million this year and resetting with a new CBA coming up, uh, <laughs> They're folks with other teams who think the Yankees are going to be monsters in the free agent market this winter uh, in a way that the Padres may not be. 
So that, uh, that has to factor into the equation as well if, if you know that there's a chance your shortstop next year is going to be Corey Seager. Buster, a couple more for you. Buster, only ESPN and MLB Insider with us on the Goodyear Hotline. Chris Garland in for Greeny. What did you make of the whole Ryan Tapera, Dusty Baker back and forth uh, with no game yesterday? A little bit more intrigue into that Astros White Sox series. Well, first off, I, I'm, I know I've talked to people uh, within the industry who just shake their head and say, why would a reliever bring this up in the middle of a series and give bulletin board uh, material to the Astros? But on the other hand, there also is a feeling of the Astros earn this, right? Because of what happened, that's now just going to become part of the conversation, whether they like it or not, or whether it's fair or not. And in this moment, it's probably not fair, but that's, uh, that's what happens when you have a situation like that, when you're nailed for uh, you know, what the industry generally views as an unprecedented series of violations. That's how you're going to be viewed uh, moving forward and, and what you do. And it's going to be brought up constantly, not only during the rest of their careers, but leading up to, say, if Jose Altuve's uh, voted in the Hall of Fame, that conversation is going to come up. Buster, has there been a complete misread by people on the Giants who feel like that maybe they're just a one-hit wonder when you see what they're doing here in the postseason? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, look, it's a terrific team this year already. They've proven that time and again, 107 wins in the regular season. They got the Dodgers on the brink of elimination and their payroll flexibility this winter is unbelievable. You know, they got a few guys under contract for next year. Uh, you know, probably Buster Posey, if they pick up an option, they just signed Brandon Crawford. They can absolutely feast in the free agent market if they choose to do so. And Farhan Zaidi, their uh, head of baseball operations, is making the same sort of decisions he made with the Dodgers in that he's building the infrastructure not only from the top down with free agents, but also from the bottom up in terms of the minor league system and finding players and helping them realize their value. All right, Buster, what intrigues you the most out of the games today? Uh, Dodgers-Giants. You know, well, the question of whether or not the, the Dodgers – uh, you know, attempt to become the first team since the 98 to 2000 Yankees to go back to back, or did they get knocked out today? And, and that streak continues, you know, will the giants uh, continue on? And, and let's face it at this point, going forward in the American league, the most intriguing matchup would be the Red Sox led by Alex score going against the Astros and, and uh, return of all those folks uh, to the American league championship series since they uh, had the sign ceiling scandal. Great stuff, Buster. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Buster Olney, our ESPN MLB insider, joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. In 30 seconds, the Nets make a major statement on Kyrie Irving. According to Forbes, gyms and stores are more set to go on an epic hiring spree to meet the pent-up demand for all these services. So businesses reopening means that millions of jobs will need to be filled. So where do they turn to fill these roles fast? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. You can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Chris Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. I want to bring in Nuno and Bubba for a second. And get, let's just call it 
diverging points of view on the Red Sox winning last night and how much it would hurt the Yankees and a Yankee fan at this point to see them advance. It's a little point counterpoint, if you will, considering that Bubba is a Mets fan and Nuno is a Yankees fan. So, Nuno, first up, was that a particularly difficult pill to swallow for you last night? Why are you so mean? Like, you're a guest in our it's home. It's a question. Like, you're it a guest not, in our home, and we allow, you to, we allow you to come on this show and fill mm. in. We appreciate it. We enjoy it. And then you want to, like, rip my heart out? Yes, it hurts. I believe they already did that last night. It, it, but it can get even, like, I need the White Sox to come back and win this series because the last thing I want to do, <laughs> while it will be great for ratings and, you know, we carry every game on ESPN Radio, so make sure you check uh, check them out. Way to work um, in the plug. I, I got to try, right? Yeah, um, expert. Like, a Red Sox-Astros series is what's wrong with the, you know, the sports world. Um, <laughs> baseball. It's like the, the Red Sox have surpassed the Yankees in terms of how good of a franchise they are. Even when you don't expect them to be a good, they're, they're in the ALCS yeah. and a chance to win the World Series. Well, if you ask Aaron Boone, they've just closed the gap. They haven't necessarily oh, passed Please them. stop with that. Close <laughs> the gap. No, Aaron, they've surpassed you. Teams, as you said, the Padres are closing the gap. You are the probably the, the fourth best team in your division right now. Like you, you survived that Sunday game. If not, if you had a one a one game playoff against the Blue Jays, you were gonna lose that game. Bubba, flip side, as a Met fan, how much are you thoroughly enjoying this? Well, I mean, I'm just kind of trying to figure out who our manager and president and GM is. So there's really not too much enjoy enjoyment on my end. I mean, I do enjoy So you'd rather wallow in your own misery than take yeah. pleasure in somebody I mean, else's misery. I, there is slight enjoyment and I do somewhat I'm somewhat in, in I do enjoy the Red Sox a little bit. You know, I, I'm not anti Red Sox by any means. So if mm. I if I had to pick a team in the AL I would like, I like the Red Sox. So in that sense I, and I enjoy when the, the Yankees lose, but there's so much dysfunction right now with the Mets that I I can't really even Focus on what's going on with the Yankees and worry about that because we don't even have a manager. We don't even have a GM. The the owner's tweeting nonstop. I don't even know what's going on. Who's re-signing? <laughs> what's going on? So as much as the Yankees are a mess, the Mets are are, are pretty close behind. So I'm not even here to you know I'm not in a position right I, now to uh, mock them. It's funny because I was just thinking as Bob was talking about this. I've been someone who's fired Cashman and Boone. Numerous times this year. Sure. I, you know, they've had Sunday collapses, and you come in here on Monday, and you're like, get rid of everyone. However, as he's talking about no general manager, no president, there is that relationship. And I know Buster last week or two weeks ago had said, um, hey, if if uh, Cashman ever got on the free agency, he would have a, you know, into free agency. Like, he would have a lot of options, including possibly the Mets because of that relationship. I think that's possibly the only way that my summer, winter baseball season could get worse. If all of a sudden it's like Cashman decides he wants out, Hal lets him, uh, the Sunrunners let him, and then he ends up as the uh, Mets GM. Would you at that point just rather keep him? Then have him yes, the I think year. so. That's I, I've confused myself to say, hey, you know what? Let's ride this out. Let's 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 hopefully let just like ride this out that for would, another that would year. Kick things up enough. Yeah, like that <laughs> would Cashman's just. Cashman's in Queens. Yeah, like, but 
that's where I feel like it could go, right? At, at that point, it'd be like, we're never talking about baseball on Greeny Show, even though Hembo, it, it, it does. Be like, nope, I'm not allowing it. I, you know, I, you know, as the producer, I'm putting my foot down. No you more baseball talk. You will never see it on a rundown again. I love it. I love it. So Bubba not enjoying the schadenfreude of watching the Yankees having to be in misery of a potential Astros-Red Sox ALCS. Stay tuned on that. The other big story outside of John Gruden today, coming down in the last hour, the Nets issuing a statement declaring that Kyrie Irving will not play for the team as a part-time player, that he will not rejoin the team until he is fully eligible to be a full participant. In other words, until he gets vaccinated. I've gotten a lot of this discussion over the last several weeks about personal choices and how it's up to each individual to do what they want. And I do not take that away from anyone. I believe the Nets fully made the right choice here because their goal right now is to win a championship. And Kevin Durant's goal right now is to win a championship. He is still the best player in the league. And he can look at LeBron and understand that he doesn't exactly know how many great years he has left in him and how many opportunities there are going to be with other great young players in the league. And so he needs Kyrie Irving to win, and he can't have Kyrie Irving being a constant distraction. It's clear that when the Nets made this statement, they had the full backing of Kevin Durant in all of this. Otherwise, they never would have done it. And let's think about just how accommodating to Kyrie Irving that the Nets have been between time off during the season, between all of the distractions that he provides. They have been more than supportive of him, but they have put their uh, line in the sand here. And I think it's a great, great message to send in that you will not come here and be a part-time participant. Will he get paid for the time that he is technically eligible to play, but is not going to? That remains to be seen. Those, of course, would be the road games. Now, what I mentioned a moment ago, the idea of personal freedoms here, or personal freedom, I should say, I will never argue against somebody's choice in what they want to do. You do whatever is right, for yourself. But there does seem to be a lack of understanding that with any choice that we make in life, there are consequences. And this is a choice that Kyrie Irving is going to make. And there are consequences to that. The league has set this up and and the local authorities in New York City have set this up from a public safety standpoint that you will not be at a public indoor event, participate in that without being vaccinated. If you don't want to be vaccinated, that's fine. You absolutely have every right to do that. But understand that when it comes to working in a private environment for a private team and having to follow laws, actual laws, that are pertaining to this topic. You did not get to make that decision and then have no consequences for it. The Nets 
could have taken an easy way here and allowed Kyrie Irving to play in the road games. That would have been an utter disaster in every way possible. Great job by Sean Marks, and more importantly, great job by Kevin Durant making sure that this was going to be the case. Big night tonight on ESPN. The NHL is back. Do not miss a doubleheader. It's the Penguins and the Lightning, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN, and then the Vegas Golden Knights hosting the brand-new Seattle Kraken, 10.15 p.m. Eastern. It is going to be fun to have the NHL back on ESPN where it belongs. Oh, jam-packed day of news. Don't you dare go anywhere on ESPN Radio and ESPN. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.